what we will do today is very simply talk about a very practical way to love like Jesus. We're just going to spend some time talking about how do I love people the way that Jesus loved people. I think scripture is pretty clear about what it says that we're to do, yet sometimes our behavior is kind of fuzzy in the application of what Jesus says. So that's what we'll talk about today. We've got a couple different scriptures. This wasn't really, this is, it's related to but different from everything else that I'm going to talk about. And I'll preface this statement. I just feel like I got to say something. That I was on the road most of the day yesterday. We went up to go see some family. I had some good news, so I went up to visit my brother. Um, I was on the road most of the day, and we had a really good day. But there's some events that are going on in our country, in Charlottesville, Virginia. Maybe you've seen the news. Um, if, as a Christian, you do anything but condemn the behavior of what's happening there, um, you need to check your heart with what Scripture says. We are Christians first before we're anything else. I saw uh, a guy much like myself, he's a little older than me, John Acuff, asked. He's a white guy like I am, like most of us are, okay? And he said he asked an African-American man, he says, what can you teach me about as a white man that I don't understand about modern-day racism? He says, don't say modern because hate is old. There are lots of things that I can't understand. We have to stand for what Jesus stood for, and Jesus certainly wouldn't support the events fueled by the KKK, the white supremacists, and the neo-Nazis in Virginia this weekend. For Christians, anything short of condemning that behavior would fall short of what Jesus has clearly told us to do. Hopefully it doesn't set the tone for everything else I'm going to talk about, but I felt like that could not go unsaid. And you can't fall on the right. Well, they have a right to assembly and all this other stuff that ultimately doesn't line up with Jesus at all. I'm going to pray and smile. <laughs> I don't feel the best today, so maybe that's why I'm a little grumpy. But everything I said is true. Okay. God, let me pray. God, sometimes you move us to speak and to talk, and it may not come across how you wanted it to. But, Father, I pray as today we talk about loving like Jesus, that you just show us very clearly, very plainly from Scripture about how as your followers, as your family, that we are supposed to behave. God, when my life and my behaviors and my actions and my attitude don't line up with the truth of your word, God, break me down. And cause me to repent and to change. Father, may we love like Jesus did. Teach us in this place this morning. In the name of Jesus, I pray all of these things. Amen. Matthew chapter 6 in his Sermon on the Mount, 
very plainly, after he teaches his disciples how to pray, he says these words in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespass. If you look very carefully, there's no exclusions. There's not an asterisk. There's not a footnote. There's not somebody else's opinion that's written in there that says that you can get around this. And if that does happen to be the case in your Bible, throw it away and get another one. Because there's no way around what Jesus said. It's as plain as the white and red that it is in the pages of the scripture that I'm reading it. He says, if you do not forgive others, your heavenly father won't forgive you. The question becomes, how do you forgive someone of something that seems you to be unforgivable? Or how do you forgive a group of people, a church, a family, an organization, something that has let you down, that has hurt you, that has done you wrong, that they've done something that seems to be not forgivable? I, Joel, I can't forgive them for that. They don't deserve it. And maybe they don't, but you can. Because as a follower of Jesus, he tells us very clearly that we are to forgive as our Heavenly Father has forgiven me. I'm to turn around and to forgive other people, even people that spew hate, even people that talk about things that aren't true, even people that misrepresent who Jesus is and what the church is supposed to do. God calls for us as his people to forgive, period. The very practical and yet very difficult way that we'll talk about today how you can love like Jesus, is that you can love like Jesus by forgiving sinners. Love like Jesus by forgiving people who have hurt you. It's very clear, but it's very difficult to do. There's this amazing display of forgiveness that Jesus gives us on the cross the words come from Luke chapter 23, verses 32 and following. They were displayed on the little video after I prayed, but I want to read those to you. Talking about loving like Jesus and forgiving sinners. This happens towards the very end of Jesus' life in the gospel of Luke chapter 23, verse 32 and following. Where Jesus' crucifixion has just happened and it's described this way. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, friends, don't lose the weight of this. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. Imagine Jesus in his last hours of his life before his death on earth. That's his prayer to his father. Father, forgive them, 
God, they just don't know any better. They can't get out of their own way. Or they know better, but they're just going to rebel anyway. Yet still, Jesus didn't say if they deserve it or if they're going to turn their life around later and have a come-to-Jesus moment. Jesus said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they do. I really believe that that's what happens most of the time when we hurt other people. Maybe we don't know how deeply impactful that my behavior is to somebody else and how much I can hurt somebody else by the way that I behave towards them as a Christian. Now, certainly, we all know that there are those times where we choose to misbehave, where we choose to get ourselves in trouble, and we choose to disobey God, and the Bible calls that sin. And certainly that happens, and we do know better, and yet we behave that way anyway, and we shouldn't. What happens is this crowd, as Jesus is being murdered, mocks him, and they spit on him. They say, oh, hail him, the king of the Jews. He thinks he's so special. And they took his life so that you and I could have life. That's what God says. That's at the heart and the story of the gospel, that Jesus laid his life down so that we could have life and have life abundantly and have life to the full. Yet even in the midst, while Jesus was doing that, they yelled up to him, if you can save others, you can save yourself. Yet Jesus said in verse 34, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus asked forgiveness for something that seemed unforgivable. Yet he was willing to ask God to forgive them and for he himself to extend forgiveness to those people as well. You want to love people like Jesus? You have to forgive. You have to. There's no way around it. Now, that doesn't mean in the future that you may not protect yourself from them. If someone continues to hurt you, you need to remove yourself from them. But to forgive, to not hold that grudge against them, because certainly any of our sin, any of our shortcoming, it grieves God far more than it grieves you. It hurts God more than it hurts you. Yet if God is willing to forgive, we too have to be willing to to forgive. We've all been wounded in one way or another, some more severe. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe you've been taken advantage of. Maybe you've been gossiped about. Maybe you've been lied to. Maybe you've been cheated. Maybe you've been cheated on. Maybe you've been cheated with. Maybe you had a Christian treat you like a Christian should never treat anybody, and that has scarred you, and that has hurt you, and you felt like, I, I don't want anything to do with that. Maybe you're even holding a grudge against somebody who's not even living anymore. Who's that hurting? Nobody but you. Now, maybe for you, the offense that you have isn't some great, big, huge, egregious offense, but maybe it's some smaller offenses. Maybe just your, your family just keeps picking at you and picking at you, and they say it's in love, but there's not an ounce of love in what they say. And they pick and pick and pick, and you just feel like you can't handle it anymore. Or perhaps you feel like you're bitter at God and you can't, don't want to respond to him. You don't really believe that you can come to the altar because Jesus' arms are open wide and he's waiting for you to embrace you and to comfort you and to help you. But he is. He's there. Maybe you're mad. Maybe more than anybody else, you're mad at yourself. 
Perhaps you feel like you can't forgive yourself. I can forgive others, but I can't forgive myself. I'll go back to the statement I made earlier. Our sin hurts God more than it ever hurts us. And yet if Jesus, in his last words, he says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. If Jesus can forgive, if God can forgive, sometimes I need to get over myself. I need to be willing to forgive myself and start anew and to change paths in life. Do you want to forgive like Jesus did? I've got two really practical tips for you. Um, pray for the people that hurt you. you. Want to forgive like Jesus forgave? Pray for the people that hurt you. Again, in, in Luke, the Gospel of Luke, this comes from chapter six. Luke six, it'll be verse twenty-seven to twenty-eight. Here again, Jesus says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who abuse you. Really? Was Jesus confused? Was Jesus having a bad day when he said this? He said, bless those who curse you and pray for those who persecute you. Why in the world would we pray for our enemies? Why would we want to pray for people who should get what they deserve? who've treated me so poorly, now they need to be treated poorly. They should suffer justice. They should get retribution for the way that they've treated other people. They deserve it. Guess what? Guess what? We all deserve it. (laughs) It's not funny. It's not something to laugh at. We all deserve punishment because of sin. Sin gets in the way, and the only way that sin can be wiped clean is by the blood of Jesus. And it's when that happens that we are called to going from being spiritually dead to being spiritually an infant. And then we hopefully grow in our faith the longer that we're a part of the church. But we've got to be willing to forgive our enemies. The Apostle Paul says this in the book of Colossians. um, Colossians 1, 21 and 23. Keep in mind, this is connected to Jesus saying, pray for your enemies. Bless those who persecute you. Pray for those who harm you. The Apostle Paul has this to say to believers. Colossians 1, 21 and following, it says, And you, talking about Christian, talking about church folk, okay? You who were once alienated and hostile in mind, or maybe your scripture says enemies there. Enemies of God. You who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he's talking about Jesus, has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, Jesus' resurrection, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul, have become a minister. Jesus says, pray for your enemies. Paul says, remember, you were once enemies of God. You were hostile. You were alienated. You were foreign to God because of your behavior. We were God's enemies because of our sin. Yet it's Jesus that tells us to pray for our enemies. 
Maybe when you think about praying for your enemies, you want to pray kind of like the song, I'll pray for you goes. The chorus goes like this. It says, so I listened to the preacher as he told me what to do. He said, you can't go hating others who've done wrong to you. Sometimes we get angry, but we must not condemn. Let the good good Lord do his job, and you just pray for them. And then the chorus goes, it says, I pray your brakes go out when you're running down a hill. I pray a, pray a flower, plot, flower pot falls on you from a windowsill and knocks you up the side the head just like I want to. Just know wherever you are, honey, I'll pray for you. <laughs> right. That's not the type of praying for you that Jesus talks about. It's catchy and it's kind of funny. That's why I got some airtime on the radio a couple years ago. But it's not praying that our enemies' brakes run out while they're running down a hill. It's not praying that harm comes around them because, honestly, when we hear pray for your enemies, that's how I want to pray. I want them to be hurt sometimes. Sometimes I want them to get what I feel like is coming to them. I want them to be punished, and in due time they will be punished. If They're not just my enemies, but if they're God's enemies, they will be punished. But when Jesus calls for me as a Christian to pray for my enemies, it's to genuinely pray for them. Pray that God would put someone in their life that they can be impacted by Jesus, by the kingdom. Pray that God challenges people to to reach out to them, to stand up to things that they're doing that don't go with our faith. And Jesus even says this in Matthew chapter 5, earlier in his Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, uh, 43 and 44. Uh, Jesus says, you've heard that it was said, love your, enemy, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And again, it's not pray their brakes go out as they're going down a hill. It's pray that the power of Christ compels them to change. It's pray that their life can be different. And it's sometimes what maybe has to permeate the majority of those prayers is going to be, God, help me to forgive them. Because Jesus said that if our Heavenly Father is going to forgive me to the extent at which I'm willing to forgive other people, not people who deserve it, because honestly, none of us deserve to be forgiven. <laughs> we don't. We don't. In fact, the culture that Jesus lived in and, and that Paul worked in and traveled around um, into Rome, he said the Romans worshipped a god of revenge as one of their gods. That's one of the things that they worshipped. I want to get back at them. Now, at times when you think about it, that might be kind of a god that you wish, yeah, I can get behind that. The consequences of that wouldn't end well for me <laughs> if there was a god of revenge. That's the world that Jesus lived in. In fact, the Jewish law said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. If somebody harms you, harm them back. But that's nowhere near what Jesus tells us that we're supposed to do as Christians. So what I always have to do and remind myself is make sure that I'm checking my behavior. Like your mama maybe used to say, check your attitude at the door, then you can come in. You know, I need to check my behavior sometimes and see, does my behavior line up with what Jesus told me I'm supposed to do? And how I'm supposed to look at other people. Or are there other things that influence my life way more than Jesus does? And I let those take priority. Why Jesus teach, tell us to 
love our enemies and pray for those that persecute us because I think our attitude precedes the right action. When my attitude changes, my actions are going to change. It can work inversely sometimes, but what I generally find is that it's not a very long-lasting change. I need my attitude to change first. And then my behavior will not just change for one time, but continue to change. You want to love like Jesus? Pray for your enemies. Another way you want to love like Jesus is to forgive as you've been forgiven. Now, Jesus didn't have to be forgiven, so maybe that's a little bit of a stretch there. But forgive other people and yourself to the extent in which you've been forgiven by your Father. Paul says again in Colossians chapter 3, around verse 13, he says, Forgive as the Lord forgave you. We have these reminders all through Scripture about what we need to hear and what we need to hear again. What good does it do us holding on to a grudge? None, honestly. I was tempted to say very little, but no, none. It does not do me any good to hold a grudge against somebody because half the time it seems like they have no idea and we're just dying on the inside. And they could not care less. Heard it worded this way. said, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Not willing to forgive somebody. It's like me drinking the poison and hope they get hurt because of it. That's just not the way it works. But friends, forgiving somebody won't change the past, but it can change your future. It can change your today. It can change the way that you look at others can change the rest of your life and also my prayers for others may not change them but what it will do if I seek after God my prayers for others will change me will we can dwell on the past all we want there's not a thing that we can do to change it but what we can do is change what we're going to do today and what we'll do point forward How am I going to love like Jesus? I'm going to pray for my enemies. I'm going to forgive others as my Heavenly Father has forgiven me, even when I didn't deserve it. Even when I'm unwilling to admit that I need it. God is willing to forgive. If you're unwilling to forgive people, you're holding them in prison. Well, not them. You're holding yourself in prison. It's not worth it. It's not worth the way that it'll eat at your heart and your attitude and your behavior and the way that you treat your people that you love. That's why Jesus said what he said. Forgive as your heavenly father has forgiven you. You want to love like Jesus does? There's no better place to start. Let's pray. Father, our words can be really cheap and easy to say. God, I especially ask that when we are challenged so deeply by the clear teaching of Jesus, that we respond earnestly and diligently trying to behave 
like you have called for us to behave. God, we know we're not doing it alone. You're with us. You've surrounded us with the church, with other believers who are also instilled with the power of the Holy Spirit to help us, to guide us along the way. And God, we're still going to mess up because that's what we do best. But God, you are there with us. Father, I pray that we are willing to forgive as you forgave us. God, these teachings of Jesus are super challenging. But God, I know that all of our lives will be better if we live how Jesus told us to live. If we live how you have called for us to live. God, may nothing come before you in our life. God, help us to love other people like you love us. Unequivocally, no holds barred. Just because we should. Because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God, thank you for Jesus and for your grace and for the forgiveness that knows no ends when we come about you the right way. God, may we trust you and only you. In Christ's name, amen.